Jarvis? Welcome, Holmes. I am Steve Shives. You think you're the only movie reviewer in the world, Mr. Shives? You've become part of a bigger universe. You just don't know it yet. Who the hell are you? Jason Harding, director of Let Me Listen. I'm here to talk to you about the Late Seating Initiative. The what? It's a movie review podcast. Here, have a listen. Uh, Isn't this a stinger? Shouldn't this be at the end of the review? Uh, Yeah. Shut up and listen! Let's face it, this is not the worst thing you've caught me doing. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Late Seating. I am Jason Harding. And I'm Steve Shives. And on this show, we take a classic movie and see if it lives up to its reputation, whether that reputation is good or bad. And this time around, we're looking at a movie that has a pretty good reputation and also is something that has, I guess for the most part, changed the movie industry forever, or at least for the next 50 years. Right, Steve? I think it's safe to say, yeah, who would have thought 10 years ago that this movie would end up being one of the most uh, historically important commercial films ever made. But Who would have thought that as a young kid I would be like, they'll never make any of these things into movies. <laughs> oh, how wrong you were. Oh, yeah. So what movie, what historical film are we going to review this time around? Well, right near its 10-year anniversary, which, as everyone who are loyal listeners uh, knows, is our cutoff for for subjects of this this podcast, we are reviewing that classic 2008 action-adventure superhero epic, Iron Man, the Cal Ripken story. Stop it. Oh, sorry. It's No, it's Iron Man like the Tony Stark Iron Man. Iron Man, the triathlon competition. Yes. <laughs> I, Ron, man, the biopic based on the autobiography of Ron Popeil. Iron Balls, the joke <laughs> character from The Jerk. Sure, let's. we can do that too. Iron Mike, about <laughs> Iron Mike Tyson. Oh, it's a comedy. I thought we were reviewing Irony Man. Ah. Uh, Puns. But you That's were how I'm wrong. starting this. Okay. <laughs> Steve, uh-huh? do you have any trivia for this obscure film that came out ten years ago? <laughs> if only more people had seen it, the trivia might land a little harder. Um, yeah, actually. Uh, well, as everybody knows, this, this, and as we'll talk about, I'm sure, at length, uh, this is the first official Marvel Studios movie that was self-financed by Marvel Studios. This Wait was re- a minute. Wasn't there like a Spider-Man's and a Fantastic Four guys? <laughs> and like a Daredevil's and a bunch of other mo- Marvel movies? Yes, yes, my friend. But those were licensed to other studios. Oh. Iron Man is the first film that was actually financed by Marvel Studios, which at the time Wow, was... they went bankrupt in the 1990s. Yeah, but then they made it all back by just publishing a shitload of comic books and forcing everyone to buy them. No. <laughs> they just showed actually... up at your door. You like Marvel, don't you? Well, actually, I like independent comics. I've been reading Mouse. Take, give me that shit. Here. <laughs> <laughs> Spider-Man's in the middle of his clone saga. Read that. Yeah. I don't want to. Actually, what Mar- today what Marvel would do is just hire Art Spiegelman to draw Spider-Man. Like it, that, that's how they would get the mouths readers. Um, mm-hmm. but this, yeah, this this movie was it, this was released about a year before the Disney buyout. So uh-huh. um, people who watch it who haven't seen it for a while, they might be a little surprised to see the Paramount Studios logo at the beginning of the film because this film was distributed by Paramount. After Only it was... if you don't know your history. Yeah, 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 yeah. But this was yeah. this was in the 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 the, the long ago far away. Uh, 
before time, before Disney bought <laughs> Marvel. Be- um, in the before time, <laughs> people would make movies that would live and stand on its own, unrelated to anything else in its movie universe, I guess. Except for Alien vs. Predator. That was something that was established. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I'll concede that. Also, the Freddy and Jason thing, that was a crossover, too. But you know. It didn't happen a lot, is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> it wasn't like a thing that everybody tried. Can you imagine if every single major film tried to be part of a shared universe? That would be ridiculous. I have, I have a distinct feeling that the next shared universe is probably going to be James Bond. Oh, you think? Maybe. Who's, Maybe. who's James Bond going to share it with? Money Penny. Oh! Oh, hey, that's a good idea. Felix Unger. Whatever <laughs> Felix his name Unger. is. The CIA dude. What's his name? <laughs> Felix Felix Guy. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Okay, yeah, yeah. Felix not a spy from the CIA. Yeah. You know? yeah. Every time he comes to the United States, he's like, Oh James is so great. Oh, that's true, yeah. Oh, you know what else? Maybe they could reboot like all of the, the James Bond ripoffs from the sixties. You know, oh, like, yeah, like, like like Tony Rome or who was the fucking guy that Dean Martin played? I think that's what his name was. That fucking guy. That fucking guy. Dean Martin as a spy, <laughs> in theory. Hi, hi. Um, uh, yeah. <laughs> hey, Polly. I think we went a little too far on the alcoholic part of the spy thing. <laughs> that's right. Foster Brooks as the next spy. <laughs> Hey, one more thing is, about this movie before we get Jason's to... Jason's still going to keep making jokes about shit we don't know about? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Spy movies from the 60s? What the hell is uh, this? Foster Brooks has been dead for like 20 years. <laughs> Everybody knows that Tony Rome was a vanity franchise for Frank Sinatra. <laughs> it's not important. Uh-huh. Um, no, so, and also, uh, this movie began filming, went into uh, production before the script was all the way finished. So There's if, a surprise. So if a lot of the dialogue in this film sounds improvised, that's because a lot of it is. <laughs> yeah, because there's nothing. They had nothing. They had nothing. Nothing. So much got changed as they were making it. They were like, oh, hey, guess what? We're changing villains. <laughs> <laughs> It was going to be, uh, you know, it was going to be the Mandarin, but we've discovered that he's a little racist. <laughs> so we're going to back away from that, and we're going to make your business partner the bad guy. And The and- original Jebediah, Obadiah Stane was supposed to be the bad guy in the second movie, if there was going to be a second movie. Because some people didn't think there was going to be any other movie. Well, and it turns out they were wrong, but uh, you know, yeah. who, I mean, who mm-hmm. who could? That's I think that's going to be end up being one of the the lessons to take away from this movie is like who would have thought that, uh, especially of the superhero movies that came out this year, oh, who yeah. would have thought that Iron Man would wind up being the one that would you know be have by far the most impact? So well, it's not like Marvel was spoiled for choice of the properties they still owned. Oh, that's true. They had sold. They, I mean, Spidey was gone. The X Men were yep. gone. Oh yeah, yeah. And they're like, and the Fantastic Four were gone. It's Fantastic Four, yeah. And they're like, who do we got left? The Hulk? Eh, not really. Sort of, okay. maybe. I don't know. <laughs> uh, that one movie kind of ruined him forever, didn't it? <laughs> oh, you mean my... There was like one guy who liked it. You mean my second in... favorite superhero film <laughs> One ever, guy yes. in Maryland gave it two thumbs up. <laughs> by the second weekend, he was the only one seeing it. He would go to the theater all by himself <laughs> and just cry and cry. <laughs> All right, let's get on to who made it. Let's do it. Okay, it was directed by Jean Favreau. You know Jean Favreau. He also directed Elf and the recent uh, live-action, well, live-action, CGI adaptation of The Jungle Book, Mm -hmm. which I actually liked a lot, believe it or not. Um, Remember when we did our Jungle Book review? Yeah. 
of the animated one, yeah. and I complained about how there was like no motivation, and the kid was just basically a, you know a prop, and there was no arcs for anybody. I remember. I think they listened to the review, and oh. that's what they did because the Jungle Book movie is actually quite good. Oh, good! I'll have to watch it. I never saw it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was produced by Avi Arad. Now um, he was a co-owner of Toy Biz along with somebody else, and then when Marvel declared bankruptcy, he kind of swept in and became the CEO of Marvel. Yeah. And while I have a love-hate relationship with him, um, he did manage to save one of my fa- favorite publishers from completely going under, and um, also uh, kind of had the first foot in the door to getting this whole Marvel thing started. And also, for the next decision he made, which was the also produced by Kevin Feige. Now, we haven't really mentioned Kevin yet before, because, uh, well, we haven't really reviewed any of these movies yet. Right. <laughs> He's important. Yeah, uh, yeah, just a little tiny bit important. <laughs> In other words, this universe wouldn't be, the Marvel Cinematic Universe would not exist without him. And I know that sounds like hyperbole, but it's also fucking true. Yeah. Okay. He has the unenviable task of producing, I think it's 20, I don't know how many it is at this point, 20 films, finding the right directors, making sure that everybody's pretty much on the same page, making a diverse number of pictures, but also unifying them all into a single universe and staying sane while also dealing with Disney. For that, he should have a gold fucking statue. (laughs) But I think at this point, now that the combined totals of all the movies is $14 billion, Disney may no longer be able to say, you can't do what you want to do. And he's like, really? (laughs) (laughs) Unless you want the Avengers to beat the fuck out of Mickey Mouse in the next movie, you'll shut up and listen to me. (laughs) Do you like money? (laughs) Just shut up and get out of my way. Screenplay. Now... Remember, guys, when we said the more writers, the worse it is? I'm going to give a little caveat when I read these names because they're writing partners, okay? Mark Fergus and Hawk Ostby, or Ostby, I'm not quite sure how to pronounce his name. Um, They also wrote Children of Men together, which is one of my favorite films, actually. And Art Markham and Matt Holloway wrote... Punisher, Warzone, and Transformers. So I fuck them. I don't care. But <laughs> technically, that's four writers, but it's two sets of writing teams. So that works out, right? That's more acceptable if we just think of if we mush them together and make make them like Mark Otsby and Art Holloway. I see. I combine the names together. That's very clever. That's the way the way you did yeah, that. Yeah. Now Marvel approached <laughs> thirty different writers for this screenplay, and all of them went Iron Man. Who? You're I don't. Don't you guys do Batman? I'd love to do a Batman script. And I'm like, no. What about uh, Superman? No. <laughs> Spider-Man? No, fuck you. How dare you? Iron Man, it's different. He's like Batman, but better. Yeah, that's right, guys. Uh-oh. Oh, fighting <laughs> words. Well, you know what, though? I don't mean, I don't mean content-wise. I just mean in concept-wise. He uh, makes more sense than Batman ever does. And and the public agrees, if you go by the box office grosses. Yeah, just a except, little bit. Except for one movie, really. I mean, other except than Except for one movie. Yeah. Now, that's true. Based on Iron Man by Stan Lee, Larry Lieber, Don Heck, and Jack Kirby. Starring Robert Downey Jr. I don't need to tell you who that is, right? He's um, Iron Man. Yeah, he's Tony Stark and Iron Man. And he was the only choice that John Favreau had. And, oh boy, did the did the production company not want him to choose him. They're like, no! John Favreau's like, he's the only guy I'm picking. He's the only guy I'm picking. He's it. That's it. He's done. 
Like, please don't make this decision. You'll ruin us. Let's ask them how they feel now, yeah. if they're still employed. <laughs> how many dump trucks of money do you think those exact same people have driven to Robert Downey Jr.'s house in the years <laughs> since to convince him to keep making these movies? <laughs> Terrence Howard as James Rhodey Rhodes. Boy, I hope he's... I, boy, he's going to be in this forever. <laughs> it's not going to be a tragic decision that he constantly thinks about while staring into the bathroom mirror every goddamn morning if he ever leaves. Right, Steve? No, I'm sure it'll turn out just fine. Did we get a... Okay, so here's the thing. Terrence Howard plays Rhodey in this movie. And then, not in any of the other ones, he gets replaced by Don Cheadle, who's, quite honestly, I like him a lot more. But we never really got a straight answer as to what happened in there. Whether he was fired, or let go, or he quit, or whatever it was, he was never coming back, which is fine. I I think he's alright, but he's he's not as charismatic as he needs to be for comic book movies, right, Steve? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't think that the movies that followed have suffered for his absence. I mean... I think it's the, the Marvel Universe and the Iron Man franchise has, has hummed along fine without him. But I, I don't That's know. True. I do kind of like him in this movie, though. I mean, I don't, yeah. you know, I mean, I'm never going to complain if they say Don Cheadle's in a movie because he's fantastic. But I kind of, yeah, exactly. I do, I like Terrence Howard as Rhodey. Mm-hmm. Jeff Bridges as Obadiah Stane. That's right. The dude's in this. Dude's in this. He's, he's a bad guy. Yep. He's so evil. He, he needs to play more villains. He really does. Oh, so good. He abides in a very different way. <laughs> Sean Taub as Yinsen. You might remember him from the movie The Kite Runner. Mm, and he's been yes. in a couple of other things as well. Um, Gwyneth Paltrow. Oh. Go on. Sorry, I shut down for a second. <laughs> Gwyneth Paltrow <laughs> as... Oh, can we change who we cast? <laughs> Sorry. Gwyneth Paltrow as Pepper Potts. You know who she is. Do I have to... It's, uh, boy. I really wish they would replace her. Can't they do it? They can't. Can't please. They brought her. She was in Spider Man. They brought her back. I hear that the current Lois Lane wants out of DC. <laughs> Maybe they could just do a swap. Yeah, they could just do a swap. DC deserves Gwyneth. Um, <laughs> a gift Ferran... from Marvel Studios, and it's a box, and they open it up, take the giant ribbon <laughs> off, and it's Gwyneth Paltrow. <coughs> Farhan Tahir as Raza. Paul Bettany as the voice of Jarvis. Leslie Gibb as Christine Everhart. Clark Gregg as I've Got a Job Forever. Yeah. (laughs) As Phil Coulson. I don't think I need to tell you guys that he was pretty much, up until the Avengers, the glue that was binding the cinematic universe together Mm -hmm. for the most part, which is why they killed him. (laughs) But not for a really long time, because now he has his own TV series. Yes, he is the star of Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. But I love him. I think he's great. He's one of my favorite characters in the whole franchise. Yeah. Yeah. Um, John Favreau as Happy Hogan, and a guarantee that it'll continue to get work out of the Marvel (laughs) Universe. (laughs) Just in case this turns into a long-running franchise, I'm putting myself in this. Damn straight. And Samuel L. Jackson as iconic cameo. The cameo that literally rekindled that little spark of hope in my dark, dank little heart that got shriveled up from the prequels. Ah, uh, <laughs> Things can be good again. Samuel L. Jackson can do good work. 
No, when because I I'm, I'm going to ask you this now. Mm-hmm. When you saw that cameo, did you go? They can't be doing what I think they're trying to do. Did you? Did you? What were your feelings I, about? I that? had a big goofy grin on my face. Be- yeah, so did I. Because <laughs> well, because for for people who were reading the Marvel comics at the time, there was a they 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 did a um a sort of rebooted version. Yeah, a rebooted version of of the Avengers called the Ultimates, and mm-hmm. they they modeled their version of Nick Fury after Samuel L. Jackson. Oh yeah. So when they cast Sam Jackson as Nick Fury, it was like, oh, that's perfect. Oh my god! And it was like, oh, mm. people are people doing these movies are reading the comics, or at least are listening oh, yeah. to fans. And yeah. I just I thought it was perfect. So yeah, I was very happy to see that. Oh yeah. Music by Raman Dajwadi, who um, has done music for Game of Thrones and Westworld and a bunch of other stuff. Cinematography by Matthew Libatique, who has worked a lot with Darren Aronofsky. Edited by Dan Lebenthal. Production company Marvel Studios and Fairview Entertainment. Distributed by Paramount Pictures. It was released on April 14th, 2008. Running time, 126 minutes. Bo- a budget, $140 million. Box office, five hundred and and $85.2 million. So it was a hit. Mm. It was. Yes. It didn't <clears throat> It didn't make gigantic amounts of money, but it was a big hit and also critically acclaimed, I think. Fans and everybody else was like, wow. Oh, very much. And it would Thanks. have been, it would have been an even, I mean, obviously in the long run, it turned out to be a... Something a, else came out this year. Yeah, it turned out to be a huge <laughs> deal in the long run, but that year, it only was a big movie for about two months because, yeah, then this other superhero movie came out that kind of yeah. sucked out all the oxygen. This other move, the superhero that doesn't make as much sense, but, <laughs> but it's pretty iconic. But Tony Stark and Robert Downey Jr. and all the folks cashing checks to this day at Marvel Studios had the last laugh <laughs> on that one, didn't they? Yep, they did. All right, Steve. You ready? Yeah. Take your shirt off. I'm I'm cramming this arc reactor okay, right in here, your chest. Okay, here. I didn't. There's not a hole for it. You're just, oh, I ouch, don't care. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> <coughs> All right, let's get suited up. I'm going to get in the silver one because I think it's cooler. You can get in the junky red and yellow one. Let's uh, let's uh, let's just cram all of these comic books right in our pockets. Yeah, and let's rocket into the world of Iron Man. Steve, take it away. Crank up the ACDC. Oh yeah, baby. Yeah. So we're we we open on a convoy of Humvees that are driving across the desert in Afghanistan. Uh-huh. A nation in which America was involved in a protracted conflict, you will recall. Get out. Um, topical? Topical. Very topical. Not some made up country? It's a real place where there was a real war. Wait a minute, are you saying that there are real places in this comic book movie? There are actual places in this comic Not book like movie. Not like fake made up places like <laughs> Metropolis or fuck Gotham <laughs> or Sokovia. Anyway, <laughs> shut up. Um, <laughs> you shut your filthy mouth. Sokovia is a real place in my heart. <laughs> Sokovia forever. Love- <laughs> no, no, that got replaced. I was going to say Wakanda forever. If you try to tell me that's not a real place, I'll kill you. It should be, but there were external factors. Um, <laughs> but no, so we see this convoy of Humvees driving through the desert, and in mm-hmm. one of the in one of the jeeps is our hero Tony Stark with a glass of likable booze in his asshole. Hand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's got a glass of whiskey in his hand and he's doing little banter with the the soldiers that he, are in with he's him. He's traveling with a bunch of exposition officers. Yes. <laughs> yes, exactly. 
And they're all like taking pictures with him, and oh, he's a playboy, and he's drunk, and he's just a likable asshole. He's kind of a jerk, yeah. but he has this. He has he's he's Robert Downey Jr. Yes, okay, he, he's he's someone who can insult you to your face, and you don't take it personally. Exactly. You just like him more because you know, know that he that doesn't works. really care either. Like no, you know when he insults you that it's not because he genuinely doesn't like you. He doesn't care about you one way or the other. He just thought it would exactly. be funny to say that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but then the Humbies to get the blowed up. Uh oh. And, and that was a really short movie, man. Yep. And, and sorry. <laughs> Goodbye, folks. No, the the the, the Humvees get uh, blown up, and and the soldiers that are guarding Tony all get killed, and then oh, yeah. things blow up, and Tony takes cover, Tony. and then a bomb goes off, and he sees that one of the one of the bombs is from <gasps> Stark Industries. Uh oh. Who's that? Oh, Tony Stark. It's oh, his God. company. That's oh my. I get goodness. it. Irony. Ah, yeah, it's terrible. And then he he gets. Isn't it ironic? Yeah. <laughs> When you get blown up by your own missile. Yeah, I guess that's ironic. (laughs) Oh, but now we cut to an awards ceremony. Thanks, Exposition Awards Ceremony, for even more backstory on Tony's stuff. Yeah, because we cut to 36 hours earlier after the bomb and the explosion. And Tony gets captured by terrorists. So, yeah. Yeah. And then we cut back to 36 hours earlier. Yeah. And they... They call him, they give him an award, and they give him his backstory, that he was a boy genius, and then he's got his father, Howard Stark, who I'm sure we'll never hear anything about ever again of course not. for all the rest of the movies, Does, doesn't have any backstories, even mentioned that he killed Nazis, yeah. and it's like, wait, wait a minute, how <sighs> much did you guys plan ahead, because fuck me. <laughs> and he certainly won't be played by at least three different actors. That's true. He's played like like by everybody at this point. He's, I think he's, I'm up next yeah, he's, to play Howard Stark. <laughs> Howard Stark has been recast more often than Lieutenant Savage. Yeah, I go to Georgia and film this thing where I'm playing Howard Stark. Yeah, it's no big deal. Yeah. Um, but uh, he's not there. Yeah. So, uh, oh, Ed, it's, wait a minute. But the guy who's presenting it, who's that? Who is that? Well, the guy who's presenting? Oh, that's Rhodey. That's Rhodey Rhodes. That's not, no. That's not Rhodey. Don Cheadle is Rhodey. I don't know no, who this that is, guy is. This is Rhodey A. This is proto Rhodey. This is like Rody, oh, the original Rody. Is he from Universe Nine Five Six or something? Yeah, sure. What well, is he doing here? This is Rody. They had to get a guest penciler in to draw Rody for this <laughs> for this issue. He drew him a little different. <coughs> then when John Romita came back for the next one, that he drew him like he usually did. So okay, yeah. I get it. Well, he's not there, and so uh, the dude gets up and uh, accepts the award. I mean, um, Obadiah bad guy. <laughs> I mean, Obadiah Stain. Obadiah Stain. And he's bald, and he's got a beard, and he's like, hey, Tony would be here, but he's a fucking jerk. He's such a jerk. God, I hate I him. I swear to fucking Christ. <laughs> I'm totally justified in betraying him, but you won't know about that yet. <laughs> if he wasn't a genius, I would have killed him a long time ago. In fact, I kind of have set up this whole thing where I'm going to have terrorists kill him in a couple of days. Everyone sit down. Yeah, Put the going? phones down. <laughs> Don't make me break out the thing that gives you a mini stroke, because I've got it right here. I've got enough for everybody. Wait, I'm going to put my earbuds in so it doesn't affect me. Yeah, <laughs> my lighted earbuds that you can totally no. tell I have in. Yes. Now sit down and shut up. I'm going to tell you what I've done. <laughs> I'm going to explain the whole plot of this fucking thing right now. First off, there's a terrorist organization called the Ten Rings. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, so yeah, the dude is sold out, and he's gone bald, and I guess he's 
he's like the CEO of Stark Industries or something? Yeah, yeah. Okay, and unless we haven't gotten it yet, instead of going to this award ceremony, Tony is uh, playing craps at a, black, at a craps table. Oh, that Tony. And if we haven't gotten it yet, Tony is an asshole. Okay? <laughs> yes. Okay, he just is. You know, his best friend comes up and says, man, I was going to give you this award. He doesn't give a fuck about the award. Doesn't really give a fuck about Rhodey, I guess. But he's, you know, he's still a likable asshole, and everyone's just like, oh, that Tony. Right, exactly. <laughs> he's like he's like the person Bruce Wayne pretends to be, except that's who he really is. Yeah, all the time. Yeah. And so uh, then a reporter comes up, and she's like, nah, something. Arms deals. <laughs> You're the merchant of death. And he's like, yep. And then they have sexy times. And she wakes up in Tony's house in San Diego. And um, there's nobody there except the Vision. I mean, <laughs> uh, Jarvis. Jarvis. <laughs> Who's kind of like this ever-present robot ghost. Yeah. That's also a butler. And he's like, hey, um, get out. <laughs> <laughs> No, he's like giving a weather report and stuff. Yeah, right? yeah, and uh, and then as uh, yeah, as Christine, uh, she touches something she's not supposed to. She touches like a thermostat or something, and Jarvis is like, "Don't touch that! You're not allowed to touch that." Yeah, and then that's when we meet Pepper Potts, who comes in. No, I'm gonna come rename her. She's Pepper Goops. Pepper Goops. <laughs> Pepper Goops comes in with... Uh, and she's like, hey, here you go. Yeah, you're just another notch in his thing if he even kept notches. Get out. <laughs> go away. Yeah. And where is Tony? Uh, Tony is downstairs working on a car. He's got a nice little workshop for himself downstairs. Is he? Yeah. yeah. But he's got to go to a thing. Yeah. He's late for... He, he has to get on his plane and him and Pepper have a little thing where he's like, well, I'm, how can I be late for my own plane? I have my own plane. They'll wait for me. Blah, blah, blah. Then he drives yeah. to the airport and Rhodey is there mm -hmm. waiting on him and he's like, you got me waiting. And Tony's yeah. like, shut up. Get in the plane. Shut up. Be quiet. My, my buzz is wearing off. Yeah. Let's get in the party plane. Yeah. And they go up in the party plane, and the stewardesses dance naked. They're not naked, but, I mean, they're dancing on poles and stuff, yeah. and they're drinking. And you're like, oh, I feel so bad for this guy. I, guess. I don't know. He's such a fucking asshole. <laughs> <laughs> There'd better be an arc for this character. But it's, it's good, because we're getting caught up to the beginning of the movie. Right. Right? Yeah, exactly. They land in mm -hmm. Afghanistan, and Tony is yeah. here because he's he's doing a little sales pitch to the army about this new weapon system that he's selling. Yeah, called the Jericho Missile System, and it blows up stuff good. Oh boy, it blows the shit out of shit. Yeah. So we find out that not only is Tony a likable asshole, but he's also an arms dealer. Yeah. Notoriously the most assholeish of all assholes. Yes, exactly. And he's like, okay, I'm done. Let's get in the Humvees. Let's do the thing that we did go. at the beginning, yeah. And then we get all caught up. They get blowed up and stuff. And, uh-oh, Tony's in the hands of terrorists. <laughs> and, uh-oh, he's injured, too. Oh, yeah. He caught some shrapnel in his chest. And when he wakes up, yeah. he has this electromagnet kind of embedded in his chest. And this is where he meets Yinsen, who is this doctor. It was connected to a car battery. I thought it was getting a jump start. Yeah, it's connected to a car battery. And he this, he meets he meets Yinsen, who is another prisoner, who is a doctor. Um, mm -hmm. And he explains that Tony, he caught some shrapnel, and in order to keep the shrapnel from going into his heart and killing him yeah. in a few weeks, uh, mm -hmm. he has the battery and the, the, the magnet to sort of keep the shrapnel away. Right. So he's, and this is where yeah. yeah. This is where we meet some of the people with ten rings. Get it? Ten rings? Do you get it? Do you get to understand why they're called the ten rings? No. Why because because the Mandarin's power comes from his rings on oh, his fingers. Oh, he has ten he fingers. He has ten rings. And he has yeah. ten rings. Right. I don't get the it. The character they never develop. Oh. <laughs> 
Anyway, so this is when we meet Terrorist Bob and Terrorist Brad. We never <laughs> get their names, I don't think. One of them's a bad guy. We'll call him Terrorist Brad. And the other guy is a bearded guy, and he's Terrorist Bob. And they come in, and they're like, hello, Tony Stark. You're, you're going to make missile for us, right? And he's like, nope. Okay, torture. <laughs> <laughs> they give him a couple of swirlies. They kind of do waterboarding yeah. wrong. <laughs> and then he's like, okay, fine. I'll do it, shit. And we find out that the Ten Rings is like a United Colors of Benetton of terrorist groups. Mm. They're like from all over the place, like from Hungary and and Jensen's been there for uh, some reason. I can't remember. Yeah. I, he was there. His, they yeah. just kidnapped they, him. They killed everybody else in his village and they took him or something. I don't know. It's just what they yeah. do. And he just wants to get out and rejoin his wife and family. Yeah. Remember that bit. Remember that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so Tony says, and they they have a whole bunch of Stark Industries weapons. Yeah, oh, yeah, and they're like, you're going to take this, and you're going to make a Jericho weapon, because that's what we want. And we find out that Jensen is a scientist and a surgeon and an emotional turning point for the main character. Boy. But we find that out later. Yeah. <laughs> he's, a, he's a good guy. He's a, he's he, a good yeah, guy. he's he's a, a generic movie-type smart person. Mm-hmm. So uh, Tony, being a genius, has this incredible plan. So the first thing that he's going to do is he's going to make a miniature arc reactor which uh, produces a huge amount of electricity that you can hold in the palm of your hand in a cave out of dirt, rocks, and twigs as near as I can tell. Yeah, and spare parts from missiles. Yeah, MacGyver was in the corner going, Jesus Christ. Yeah, I thought I was good. God damn it. I've got to up my game. MacGyver was like, he he, he self-consciously hides the slingshot he was making. Oh, <laughs> uh, you know, no, nah, it's okay. Never mind. But then what we're going to do after we do the miniature reactor is then we're going to build a death suit. Yeah. It'll be easy. It'll be easy, right? (laughs) Sure. Just build a gigantic motorized suit of armor. That's right. And so uh, first they build the little reactor and Jensen puts it in him. So he doesn't have to carry the car battery around with him all the time, right? Right. Exactly. And then they start making a death suit. Yeah, in full view of the terrorists who are watching them on the cameras. And every once in a while, we cut back to them looking at the monitor going, gee, it doesn't look like a missile. (laughs) It looks like they are making some sort of death suit. Uh, Oh, that's weird. It's not weird. I would make a death suit if I was captured. Yeah, I would make a little thing to power it and then I'd load it up with, oh, I'd kill so many people. Wait, so you're saying he's building a death suit to kill us? No, you're being crazy. He's not making a death suit. You just said that's what you would do. That's the mask that you put in front of a missile. I don't know how they work. It's like magic or something, right? Sure. (laughs) You fill the missile with magic, it makes things explode. (laughs) I mean, I guess that's why we had... That's why we had to get I'm Tony the leader. Stark to do it. I lead this group. You shut up. <laughs> okay. He's going to finish with magic missile. That's a thing. I played it in D&D. You can kill anything. It's a no. You can't miss with magic missile. It's a guaranteed hit. <laughs> Wasn't that a Fisher-Price thing? What? Magic missile. Mis- you can't miss with magic missile. I don't. I hope not. Ask Who your ask your, children. Ask your parents to buy you a You're magic You're a monster miss- man, magic missile. Oh. <laughs> <sighs> What's next? Fun gun from Fisher Price? I mean, you know. <laughs> let's let's desensitize children to shooting firearms at each other. That's a great idea. So we get a big montage of them building the suit. Yes. And a couple of times people come in and say, what are you doing? And they're like, we're making a missile. And terrorist Brad comes in a couple of times and he's like, you better be making a missile. And they're like, we are. And he's like, okay, because I don't want to be surprised <laughs> if I come back in here and instead of a missile, you have like a big murder suit. <laughs> <laughs> I will be very disappointed if it turns out you're making a death suit, Tony. I just want That's to put right. that out there. 
can you tell me, Mr. Stark, why is it that you are building like a metal arm with a flamethrower and a glove for my missile? Can you tell me that? Uh, well, you've never seen the finished Jericho missile, have you? Well, no, okay, well, I'm it, not the well, engineer. If, it, well, see, if you knew what you were talking about, then you would know that the Jericho missile has an arm with a flamethrower. Oh, I'm, I, I forgive well, me. I'm it's, so no, sorry. But, well, it, the, the, see, that's the problem. You, you come in here, you don't know what you're talking about, and you try to tell me what please, I'm doing when please, I know what I'm don't doing. Ex- don't expose my ignorance in front of my men, do you, please. Do you want your, That's all do, I hey, have. Do you want the missile? Do you want the missile or not? Indeed. Uh, do, yes, then, please. Then leave me. Leave me alone. All right. Leave. Is that a leg? <laughs> Is that the metal leg with a rocket booster you, at the end? Okay, can you tell me, if I gave you a pen and a pencil right now, and I told you to sit down and draw me a missile, can you tell me with 100% certainty that that missile would not have arms and legs? Is that what you're telling okay. me, Tony Stark of Stark right Industries? Now. I'm drawing the missile. You don't know. No, but I'm... I'm drawing me next to it. I've got a happy face because it's killing. It's killing children that is not, and women. Okay, but that that's good. Okay, but that is not what a missile. Now looks like. I'm going to add the legs to that, the missile. That, it's going to kick, kick. That's see. Children. Now you're Here, getting look, it. I put. I'm writing a voice box. Ow! This is a little. That, see? Now, now you're understanding. Get, look, this is what we're making, everybody. Okay, see. This is what everybody we're making. look at the picture. This is what we're. Ma- everybody understands. Thank you so much. You've really cleared. Oh, us you're up welcome. For okay, bye bye. We can fit. We can do without these interruptions from now on. Thank you. All right. And I will not bother you ever okay, again. I promise. Please don't. <laughs> but oh no, so that only that only lasts for so long. Yeah. <clears throat> because as Tony's getting into his suit, they notice, hey, <laughs> that's a suit. <laughs> why? Why is he getting into the missile? I don't understand. He's climbing in to them. Oh boy! Oh. And then they start banging on the door, and they need time for the, the suit to boot up. Right? right. So Yinsen grabs a machine gun, and he's like, "I got it." I'm going to do something stupid. <laughs> and he runs out into the cave, shooting everything that he sees. And he ends up yeah. he, he ends up uh, running into a Han Solo on the Death Star situation, where that doesn't end nearly as well. No, he turns a corner, <laughs> and there are all the terrorists. And Yinsen mm-hmm. gets himself shot. So, we yeah. And uh, then they come back down to where uh, Tony has gotten in his suit. And oh no, the Tin Man is pissed. Oh boy. <laughs> He, he has misplaced his heart, <laughs> and he is out for revenge. And he's going to rip a few out of the terrorists. <laughs> yes. Yes. And then we so- get Tony Stark's <laughs> roaring rampage of revenge, where he stomps yes. through the cave, and he smacks terrorists into the side of the wall, and mm-hmm. launches missiles. And <laughs> oh, yeah, he does. And he's just busting everybody, and people are shooting at him, and he's just, whoa. And he gets, he, whoa, he beats the shit out of everybody in that cave. And then, oh, no, Jensen. Oh. And he's like, Tony, get ready for Jensen to scar you forever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because Tony's like, hey, come on, you, you have to come with me. We're going to go take you to your family. No, to- Tony, no, Tony, my, my family, my family's dead. You didn't pick up on that. What? I'm joining them in the afterlife. That's what I meant. Oh, well, you directly this told is... me you were going to see. I see what you meant now. Get it now. I, okay, I... yeah. Okay, good. There's a few more things, Tony, okay? Okay, okay sure. You're a fucking asshole, oh, Tony. Did you have to tell me that? I shouldn't have saved your life, but I did. Uh, that's... And so, yeah, shut up. I... Just shut your fucking mouth. Can you stop talking, Tony? Okay. Please. Okay, I'm talking. I'm not talking. I'm sorry. You are not the important person in this scene, I'm... Tony. I'm the one. Look, those are my guts you're standing on. Oh, God. I'm sorry. You don't hear me complaining about it. No, it's fine. It's I couldn't what? feel it through the suit. That's fine. I, listen, I got to tell you something, Tony. Mm-hmm. Please. Listening. Good. Tony, you've got a drinking problem. <laughs> Is that really what you wanted to tell me at this moment? Mostly, mostly. Also, uh, don't fuck this up, asshole. 
and dead. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, angry C-3PO walks out of the oh, cave. Oh, boy. <laughs> and he fucks up everything. He, and when he doesn't fuck up, he sets on yes, fire. Yes, yes. He, he unloads on everything with flamethrowers. Mm-hmm. And then when and to demonstrate his change of heart, what he's burning up are a bunch of products with his name on. Yes, them. he's burning all of his weapons that these terrorists mm-hmm. have accumulated, and when everything around him is completely on fire, he he sets off some rockets in his boots and he flies away. That's right, and um, he flies up in the air, and then he crashes into the desert at like five hundred miles an hour. <laughs> Impact so great that it knocks his whole suit off, and Tony's dead now, right? <laughs> uh, End of movie? No, no. Much like the Iron Giant, he is still alive. Oh, good. So now he's wandering through the desert a little bit, and then Rhodey finds him. Yeah. Yay! And Rhodey's like, fucking asshole. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I bothered looking for you. I was really kind of, I was looking forward to a life without you in it, and it was a good one. It was a good one, Tony. It was a good one. I have functional legs. And... In my future. Oh, Rhodey. And I look a lot different. <laughs> anyway, he comes back home. He's in his limousine. Happy Hogan. His bodyguard is there driving him. And he's like, hey, I want to get a cheeseburger before I go do the press conference. Right, Steve? Yeah, yeah. And because uh, they want him to go to the hospital because he's still kind of oh, yeah. He's like, no, and cheeseburger. Like, and then I want a press conference. And that's what they I do. need. Uh, I need to, a product placement. And then we're going to go. I'm going to do a press conference. Now, it's unfortunate that it is a product placement for Burger King because the cheeseburger scene is in there for a very specific reason. Yes. And that is because it was one of the first things that Robert Downey Jr. did after he got out of rehab was he was like I want a cheeseburger yes exactly and so we kind of incorporated it in there and then some corporate schmuck went well let's make it a Burger King product place you can make thing. a few extra let's dimes just... come on <laughs> he shows up oh it's Obadiah Badman I mean Stain yes Stain Obadiah Stain's there and he's like Tony why are you alive <laughs> Tony's completely good and gregarious friend who has only his best interests at heart Hey, Tony, I thought you would be dead. I thought I would be giving a eulogy right now. I really wanted that, Tony. <laughs> Tony, come here, listen to me. Yeah? You think you can go back what? and uh, die? No, I mean, it's just that I barely escaped the first Tony, time. I bought an armband and everything. I oh, mean, that is nice. Is that silk? That's a nice... No, 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 I no mean, it's rayon. Oh, oh, no, never mind. Look, I'm alive, and uh-huh. I'm, we're just going to go with that for now. Don't rub it in. <laughs> Anyway, press conference, and then we meet Phil. Ah, Agent Phil Coulson of the Strategic Homeland Intervention Enforcement and Logistic Division. And for Marvel fans that can read, they went, what? Exactly. <laughs> S-H-I- Oh, shit. I know what that <laughs> no, is. that's not shit. That's Strategic oh, Homeland she, yeah. Initiative. Turkey Basics. Turkey Basics. It's a rival agency. didn't quite take well, off. Well, originally, it was, what was it? Strategic Homeland Initiative Team. But <laughs> that didn't really work out. People noticed the acronym pretty quick. Mm-hmm. Anyway, he's uh, going to do a press conference. And Tony is different but the same? Yeah, yeah, his personality is the same, but he's clearly been affected by seeing his weapons in the hands of evil people and being used to kill different people than they were supposed to he kill. He seems to appreciate people more, Yeah, and he don't want to do no more weapons. Yeah. And he makes the announcement, Stark Industries is not doing weapons anymore, suck it. And Obadiah's like, fuck, this is a night, this is, oh, oh. this is going bad, this is going so bad. I don't know about this, Tony. 
How will he make his gajillion dollars now if he's not selling arms? Well, the next day he has a little meeting with Obadiah and Tony pitches developing the arc reactor technology. Mm. He says, look. And what is the arc reactor? They have one at, at Stark Light Industries, Yeah, it's right? it's it's a, a power generator. It's like a, you know, a, 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 a source it's of energy. It's a big blue donut. It's a big blue donut. And it's like, and it's the, the, the tiny version of it is what Tony made to power his suit that he still has in his That's chest. Right. And he's like, look. So he's going to take that and stick it into a giant robot? <laughs> yeah, he's like, he's like, look, I did this, and we can just make these now. And Obadiah's like, no, it's just a publicity stunt. It, it's not cost effective. We need to make guns. We should make more guns, okay? We need to make lots of guns, guns and missiles and death, de- deadly things, okay? And you should die. Yeah. Uh, I mean, what was that? Nothing. Oh. I'm like eighty-five percent sure you said I should die. I didn't. I said you should die. Your hair, oh. your grays. Oh, are okay. So that's 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 what you said. Okay. Good. Yeah, I don't. I go don't with, suspect. Let's, let's go with I don't that. suspect you of anything. I just want you to know that you didn't even get close. Did Terrace Brad even try to strangulate you? Oh, he well, he, he thought he was going to drown me in the toilet a few times. You know, well, Terrace Bob said that they were going to kill you after who, you made the missiles. Wait, who, wait, was, who said this to who? What? What? Oh, uh, bring, 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 bring. Oh, that's the telephone. No, Tony. you were making that noise it. with your mouth. I yes, wasn't. You... Bring, bring. Mm. It's new technology. It's called a mouth phone. Hello, mom. You're w- w- bye. <laughs> <sighs> Meanwhile, Tony goes back home and he makes Pepper Goops do a gross thing. <laughs> yeah, because he Tony is such a genius and is is uh, so you know, he he never stops working. He has already created an upgraded version of the miniature arc reactor in his chest. And yeah, and he's got to replace it because the other one's made out of like garbage and bones. Yeah, exactly. It's 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 half just dirt. It's just compacted it's like, dirt. Yeah, it's like human teeth and. And yeah, camel scrotums. Yeah, or who knows? I mean, what. it's held together by sinew. You know? Yeah, it's gross. And she's got to put one in there, and it's gross. Yeah, he's like, take the old one out, put the new one in. Never mind all. And the... she fucks it up so bad, and he goes in a cardiac arrest. Yeah, but he keeps a cool head, which is the mark of any hero. And she, then she tells him that he can buy some homeopathic <laughs> crystals that he can lay around it that'll help his heart work better. <laughs> And maybe buy an obsidian egg that he can cram up his coochie. And he's like, I don't have one of those, Goops. I don't. <laughs> Pepper, you're dismissed. Okay, I don't need you anymore. Thanks a lot for your help. Oh, if only. Anyway. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I know. Remember Rhodey? <laughs> <laughs> well, and don't forget, before they end this scene, uh, he tells Pepper to throw the old reactor away. Yeah, but just she give it to a homeless guy yeah. or sell it to the Russians. I don't uh, care. Just, yeah, use it. Give it to you know what's what's uh, the guy from the second movie doing now? Just give it to him. It'll make his job easier. The guy from the second. Movie. Yeah, you know the Mickey Rourke guy. Whiplash. Yeah, that guy. <sighs> anyway, yeah. So now, yeah, Tony goes to visit Rhodey. Yeah, and then he's gonna be like, "I'm working on something," and Rhodey's like, "Fuck off." <laughs> Okay, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. You know what? You should be selling weapons, too. Because I'm a military guy, and I like the things you make for us, right? Yeah, exactly. And he tells, he basically says, you know what? You've been through something, and you just need to take some time off to get your mind straight. So just go take a vacation yeah. or something. And he's like, nope, because now it's time to make the donuts. <laughs> exactly. We get a montage of, the like, he's making the suit and stuff like that. They montage the shit out of oh, this. Oh, boy, yeah. we in, a, in the space of, like, two minutes, we see him remaking the suit that he made in the we cave. We see him into... basically build, a, build a, a robot kill suit in his garage. Yeah, well, and he, he has a little help. He has Jarvis, and he has this holographic computer interface that he can use. But, and yeah. he's got robot and hand. He's got ro- yes. He's got cute little robot hand. Yes. He's got cute little robot hand.
robot hand. Yeah. It's helping him out, yeah. fucking things yeah. up all the time. It's adorable. Uh, but we take a ba- uh, break from that because uh, Obadiah, bag- Obadiah Stain mm-hmm. and Tony have pizza together. And Obadiah's like, hey, the board didn't like the whole peace thing. There's no profit in it. And I had to convince him about a bunch of stuff. And they were all disappointed that you were still alive, too, because, you know, that was a close vote, but we still voted for you to be killed. Wait a minute. What, what was that? You voted? The board what? voted to oh. Oh, bring, 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 bring. Hello, Mr. President. You're doing President. that thing it's, again. It's Mr. President. It's, you know what? I'll share with you the mouth phone technology if you tell me what you're working on. Oh, I, no, I can't do that. I'm going to go Okay, I'm, whatever. I'm going to go to the do basement you, now since you're being weird. You snooze, you lose. Bring, bring. Hello, terrorist Brad. <laughs> Wait, uh, did you just mouth phone call the terrorist that held me captive? No. I, okay. You don't get any more pizza. <laughs> now we have more suit stuff. Yeah. And then he finally gets the suit together. It's silver. It's so cool looking. It's such a cool looking suit. <laughs> and he's like, I'm going to fly this. I'm going to fly this suit around. And Jarvis is like, don't. That's not good. And he's like, shut up, Jarvis. I'm doing it. And he does it, right? Yeah. He, he flies it around. He seems like he's he's gotten a pretty good handle on it. He makes uh, a kid f- drop his ice cream. He does. Yeah, yeah, he does. And then he decides, I'm going to fly it to space. <laughs> Because he, wa- he wants to break the altitude record. Yeah, he does. And so he flies it, but he flies it up so high into the atmosphere, the atmosphere gets thin, the suit ices over, and right. everything goes dark. His, his his power goes out, and he's yeah. falling, but he manages to break the ice, and the power comes back on, and he, he f- manages to s- prevent crashing into the ground yeah. by, like, a split second. So, And then he crashes at home and destroys his Tesla. Yes. A car that <laughs> hadn't been released yet. So that was probably expensive. Just a little bit. Yeah. Um, and now we can... Uh-oh. Terrorist Brad. Uh-oh. He, he's now got a burnt-up face, and yeah. he found his old suit. Oh, yeah. They're they're putting together the pieces of Tony's first suit that he left in the desert. Yeah. Like, yeah, this is going to come back at some point. That's right. And then Tony decides he's going to paint the suit iconic colors yeah. of red and yellow. And then he decides that he's going to go to a party and hit on Goops. Yep. And uh, while he's there, they're like getting all close and they're dancing. And she's like, we shouldn't do this. And they're almost about to kiss. And then he's like, I'm going to go get a drink because they're both having second thoughts because he, she knows him. <laughs> right. Exactly. And while he's trying to get a drink, the reporter... Remember the reporter that he boned at the beginning? Well, she comes back. And she's like, here, I'm dropping a knowledge bomb on you, Tony. Bam! And what does she drop on him? Well, she's pissed at Tony because he had gave his press conference where he said, I'm not doing weapons anymore, and now I have a conscience. And then she has pictures of um, a terrorist act that had just been pulled off in a village... Uh, the same village that the same village that Yensen is from. Yeah, yeah, Golmira, which yeah, Yensen's home village, and and the, the terrorists have Stark weapons, and she's which like, ones? what about this? Yeah, which Stark weapon do they got? Um, they have the uh, the Jericho, don't they? That's right. And there's arms yeah. and legs hanging off the missiles. Yeah, it's this exactly like Tony thought it would be. Yeah. Terrorist Bob nailing arms and legs onto the yeah. missiles. Now it's done. There, <laughs> perfect. perfect. Just like picture. <laughs> Yeah, so Tony's like, oh, I didn't know about that shit. Mm-hmm. And um, as he's leaving the party, he, he goes up to Obadiah Bad Guy Stain. Yes. And he's like, wow, the missiles, they got out and stuff. And Obadiah's like, hey, guess what? I wanted you locked out of the company because you're fucking my shit up, dude. <laughs> yeah. 
We make weapons. That's what we make. If you don't want to make weapons, you have to go bye-bye. Your dad liked making weapons. What's your problem? Yeah, he may help make the atomic bomb. He killed Nazis and stuff. He also helped out Captain America. Yeah, what did but you we'll do? get to that. <laughs> All you've ever helped out is Captain Morgan. Yeah, I said it. Oh, damn. (laughs) He leaves, and then Tony decides to suit up and kill some bad dudes, right? Yeah, exactly. Because his new suit is ready. He puts it on, and he's Uh like, let's go to Afghanistan. That's right. And we get there, and the bad dudes are... They're real bad dudes. Oh, yeah, they're... Pushing around some civilians in the village and making threats and, like, dragging people away. Executing people. Yeah, and they're like, yeah, and who's going to save you now? And then Tony shows up and he kills everybody. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Except for Terrorist Bob. Yeah. And he just throws Terrorist Bob at the survivor's feet and he's like, I don't care what you do to him. I just Terror, don't you see kill it. him. <laughs> yeah. If I don't see it, it's not my responsibility. That's right. And then uh, Tony kills a tank and then he kills some missiles and he's feeling good. He's flying yeah. away. And, uh, but now Tony gets to get all friendly fired. Yeah, because it turns out the army saw the flying armored suit and they were like, what's that? And why is it blowing things up? And whose does it belong to? So now there's fighter jets after Tony. That's right. And we have some fighter jet foo. Tony makes a call to uh, Rhodey and he's like, hey, guy, um, guess what? (laughs) (laughs) Long story short, I made an Iron Man suit. That's me. That's me. I'm flying. And look, just could you maybe not have him kill me? Yeah. And uh, then uh, he, the plane runs into him. Guy hits the ejector seat. He gets out. His co-pilot hits the canopy. The pilot yells, "Goose!" And then, <laughs> no, no, then that's a shoot... movie. That's a movie Tom Cruise was actually in. Yeah. Then his, sh- <laughs> then his chute doesn't open. Iron Man goes down and pulls the thing and and, and saves the pilot. And uh, that's it. Really. And he can and he convinces Rhodey to to tell a lie and be oh, like, hey, cover it, it up. Just yeah. a, it was just a training exercise. Yeah. So now um, Rhodey knows about it, and then Goop finds out about it. <laughs> she walks yes. in on him, and then oh no, Steve! Obadiah, bad guy is really a bad guy. Yeah, he he goes to see the terrorists in person. Mm-hmm. And he goes to see, and he sees Terrace Brad. And Terrace Brad's like, you're going to make me some of these suits. This is going to be great. We're going to have an army full of suits. We're going to be able to do anything. And and Obadiah Bad Guy goes, nuh-uh. And he whips out his little mini stroke generator. and gives <laughs> him a little mini stroke. And he's like, you, I told you to kill Tony Stark. And he couldn't do it. And every day I see him alive, it makes me just want to punch everything. And that's all your fault. Then he leaves and he tells his goons to kill everybody. (laughs) Yep, and to load up the original Iron Man suit. Yeah, because he's like, he's giving him some ideas, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and uh, staying... Oh, and then... Okay, so... Okay, so Goop decides that she don't want to be no part of Tony's whole renegade killer robot thing. (laughs) Yes. And he's like, but you're the only person I have. And she's like, you're the only person I have. The end. Okay, I'll stay. But now Goops is going all corporate espionage. Yeah, Tony sends her back to the office. No, he doesn't. No, he doesn't. He doesn't? He does not send her back to the office. 
<laughs> Does he? I don't remember him saying that. She just goes back to the office and starts snooping around Stade's desk. No, he tells her to. He gives her the he gives her the flash drive and he tells her what to do. I don't remember that. Okay. Yeah. So she goes yeah. back to the office, she finds out all the stuff. It's like yep. she goes onto his computer and there's a folder there that says, I'm a bad guy and she <laughs> opens it up and has all the information she needs. She downloads the, the drive onto the thumb drive. And then Stain shows up, and he's like, you're not doing something weird around. You're not spying on me, are you? And she's like, nope. And he's like, okay. She leaves. She runs into Phil. Yeah, because they had a meeting. Yeah. And Phil's like, and she's like, come with me, Phil. I gotta tell you all this stuff. And he's like, okay. And then Stain finds out when he sits down at his computer, and he's like, whoa, goops! (laughs) (laughs) He goes into his laboratory, and he's like, I want my super suit. And the scientist is like, we can't make and he's like, look, you just take the big electric donut that's right there. You make it super small. You stick it in my super suit. I want my super suit. And I'm like, we don't know. We did it. <laughs> so one of the great lines in the movie when Obadiah yells at him, Tony Stark made this in a cave. <laughs> 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 and I'm like, but I'm not Tony Stark. <laughs> I want to be. <laughs> I'm growing my goatee in. <laughs> so uh, he basically says, uh, so Stain shows up at Tony's house and he gives him the mini stroke thing. Yeah. And then he literally takes away Tony's heart. Yes, he rips his heart out. <laughs> with a ah, convenient symbolism. With a convenient single-use tool that <laughs> yes. is only made to remove one thing that exists in the world. Exactly. It like well, burns he pro- he- what? He, he told he told the research team, he was like, I'm going to go see Tony in a few minutes. Could you f- rig me up something? I just need something that can forcibly extract like a cylinder about eh, this big. You yeah. Know, could you whip up something like that? What are you going to use it for? Oh, don't worry about it. Yeah. Shut up. That's How about that? It's for shut up. It's for a shut up. Just give it a, you, you like working here? Do you like working here? So now Tony's dying. Yeah. Yeah. Luckily, Pepper <sighs> did not throw away the original mm. arc reactor. This is, by the way, when we are introduced to a theme that keeps re- recurring in the MCU. And that is, Tony makes something and everybody pays for it. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Tony makes the Iron Man suit and immediately... Someone makes a bigger one that potentially could really fuck up the rest of the world if it went into mass production, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because he's making, like, the Iron Giant bag. Stain is like, did you see the Iron Giant? I want that, and I want to be in it. I want to be the Iron Giant, except not good. (laughs) This one I want to be a gun, okay? I want to be the Iron Bastard. That's what I want to be. The Iron Bastard. (laughs) Technically, from the comics, it's Iron Monger. Is yes. the name of the, the suit. Yeah, which 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 they kind of hint at because they have Obadiah mm. say that line yeah. in the movie. He says, Tony, come on, me and you were ironmongers. So, yeah. Yeah. so then uh, Goops calls Rhodey and tells him, hey, all the shit. And Rhodey's like, I don't believe it. Just go to Tony's because Tony's having a real bad day. <laughs> He's crawled his way down to his garage. He's trying to get the spare one because Pepper, Pepper, Pepper put in this little glass thing. Yeah. It said proof that Tony Stark has a heart mm. and it's got his old one in it. And he's like breaking yeah. it. He's got to stick it in because he's going to die. And then you think, oh, he's going to die. And then the cute little robot shows up. You know, the one that fucks up everything. The one that yeah. fucks up everything. I fully yeah. expected when Rhodey comes running down those stairs and flips Tony over that that arc reactor was going to be embedded into his forehead. <laughs> <laughs> the robot arm doesn't know. He's trying his best. <laughs> 
It's like looking back and forth at Rhodey and at the body. <laughs> Did, I, huh? Did I do something wrong? Rhodey shows up. He doesn't save Tony because he's already put the arc reactor back in his chest. Right. Oh, this is the sum total. This is how unimportant the Rhodey character is in this story. <laughs> he runs down the stairs, flips over a guy who's already saved himself. That's it. <laughs> yeah. And we there's a little tease for Rhodey's future because after Tony suits up and no. leaves, yeah. uh, Rhodey goes, looks at the, the spare uh-huh. suit and he goes, next time, baby. I, I don't know how to tell you this, Terrence. There won't be a next time. <laughs> there's never a next time for you. You will never wear the suit. Never. <laughs> <sighs> but before that happens, Goops and Phil um, raid Stark Labs. That's right. They've come to arrest Obadiah because now yeah. Pepper has the goods on him. She downloaded all that stuff, and all the evidence of his, his malfeasance. Right. And Stain is like, shit, and he beats Cheeks to his suit, right? Yeah, yeah. And then, then Tony's, then Tony, no, yeah. Then Tony sits up and he takes off. And then S.H.I.E.L.D. gets their asses handed to them. Oh, yes. Because Stain's in his gigantic suit and he's beating stuff up and he's, and he's beating up everybody and he points his big gun at, Pep, at Pepper and he's like, you're fired, get it? He doesn't say that. <laughs> no, he say, he says your services Service. are no longer required. Yeah, it's not as funny. <laughs> yeah, would have been funny if he said you're fired and then he set her on fire. Oh, that would be good. That would be a great ending. Big laugh. Big laugh. <laughs> um, and But before he can shoot her, Iron Man shows up and they, they have a great big fight. And if you didn't think Stan was evil before, during the fight, he picks up a car full of children. <laughs> yes, and, and tries to hit Iron Man with and it. And is going to throw it at Iron Man. <laughs> But they fight and fight and fight and fight and fight. <laughs> and um, then uh, he's running out of power because he's using the old garbage arc reactor. And uh, he decides, I'm going to fly up into the air because remember that ice thing from before? I fixed it in my suit. And I pray to fucking Christ no one's as smart as me. <laughs> <laughs> Flies up. Uh, you know, Iron Monger's chasing him. They go way up in the air, and they catch him, and then he freezes over, and he falls. And then uh, Iron Man comes down, he's running out of power, and he crashes on top of uh, the lab, and he's like, oh, well, phew. But guess what, Steve? Oh, Obadiah's still alive. That's right, Obadiah's Uh-oh. still alive. It didn't kill him. It didn't kill him. <laughs> they fight some more, and then uh, Tony's like, Pe- uh, Pepper, overload the arc re- reactor. And she's like, I don't know how to do that. <laughs> it's it's Alt F12. I'm not a scientist. I just, I'm just, I'm a business person. Okay, <laughs> just push these buttons. What I'm buttons? I'm going to tell you which buttons to push. Just do you know how many these- buttons there are here? There's a red one and a blue one and a pink There's one and a yellow one. more than just red ones and blue ones. Everything's blinking and doing. I'm going to do it wrong. <laughs> just Isn't I'm there just a button it. that says overload? Push the overload one. Why would you install an overload button? For, sta- for things like this. Look, just please. <laughs> you anticipated a giant robot fight? I'm a super genius. All right, fine. And just before Obadiah is about to kill him, she overloads the reactor, and for the first time ever, we see a great big blue light that shoots up in the sky. Ah, yes. Get used to that. Yeah, it takes him a while to figure out that that's overplayed. Yeah. Um, And Obadiah dies, I guess. Yeah. Tony doesn't. He's okay. Yeah, because he rolls away from the explosion. That's right. That protects him. That's right. And then uh, they're getting ready to... To have a press conference, and uh, Phil's there, and he's like, "Here, tell these lies. Tell all these lies. All, here's all the lies you're going to tell." Yeah. He's like, "Okay, Phil, 
and then uh, Tony and Goops talk, and um, Tony doesn't get the girl at the end. She's like, you abandoned me at that party. I hate you, or something. <laughs> it's like, fine. And then uh, Tony goes out to the press conference to answer all the questions, and then he tells everybody that he's Iron Man. <laughs> yep. And then we smash cut to credits. Dun, 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 dun. Yep. And now the thing that is going to cement its place in cinematic history if for the simple reason that this was the setup for the entire MCU, right? Yep, after this, the credits. Yeah. Tony comes down, Jarvis is broken or something. Yeah. And uh, there's a guy in his living room, a black yeah. guy. It's, oh no, in Malibu, <laughs> it's Mace Windu. Shut up. I'm sorry. It's oh. Jules Winfield. <laughs> Avengers, motherfucker, can you say it? <laughs> Yes. Exactly. Wow, his his vision quest ended in a weird place. Yeah, he, you know, he has a character arc. I mean, it's... Mm-hmm. Turns out to be Nick Fury. Yep. The director of S.H.I.E.L.D. And he's like, hey, I'm getting a super group together. And he's like, really? Yeah. The end. <laughs> <laughs> Hope you let us make more movies, folks, or else this is pointless. <laughs> this is... Boy, if this had tanked at the box office, it'd be like, well, that was a weird thing that they put at the yeah. end of the movie. Well, it, it would have been like Skeletor still being alive at the end of the Masters of the Universe Saying, I'll movie. be back. Yeah. Oh, oh, how sad. You, no, won't, you won't, Frank. <laughs> no, you won't. The end, Steve. The end. The end. Okay, so Steve, mm -hmm. how do you feel about this epic superhero masterpiece? Iron Man. Iron Man. Um, I, you know, it's amazing how well it holds up. And it holds up, I think, even better because of the way that the MCU has gone. You know, mm -hmm. because as and I, I will put all my cards on the table. I am a huge fan of, of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I, I, I have not seen a single one of those movies that I have not at least liked. Yeah. And I have downright adored several of them. Mm -hmm. um, so I am a huge fan of, of what has grown from the seed of this movie. Yeah. But what is so wonderful about watching this movie now after watching the, like you said, nearly 20 films plus all the TV shows and Netflix series and everything that has grown from it, oh, yeah. is uh, this movie, it's definitely recognizable as an MCU movie because this movie set the template for the whole thing. It's, yep. ama it's amazing how much of the personality of the Marvel Cinematic Universe is taken from this movie. The the tone, the style of humor, the, the acting, um, everything. It's so much of it is owed to this movie and specifically to Robert Downey Jr. and his sensibility that he brings to it. Um, yep. So with Iron Man, you get a pretty standard, typical MCU movie, but it's missing all of the stuff that kind of weighs the later MCU movies down because it's not pausing every 10 minutes to set something up for another movie. It's focused on its story and its movie and its characters. So it's an MCU movie, but because it's the first one and it's not worried about setting things up for two or three movies down the line, mm -hmm. it feels very streamlined and very tight compared to the other ones. Um, and yeah, and I think that's one of its greatest strengths is that it, it is a superhero movie, but it's just a little over two hours long. It doesn't feel bloated and overlong. It does have a lot of action in it, but the action sequences aren't like exhausting and it doesn't feel like, oh, another one of these, like we have to have another action scene. Yeah, there's you know, actually it, not too many action set pieces in this. No, and, and, and there's a while before you get to the first one, really. I mean, at least the first superhero one. There's the action, there's action in, in the opening scene where he gets oh, yeah. attacked by the terrorists. But, you know, he doesn't put on the Iron Man suit 
the the first one until you know about 20 minutes in and then it's a little while after that before we see him in like sort of the proper iron man suit yeah um and so so it definitely takes its time and it does something that is so basic and so important if you want to make a superhero movie, at least if you want to make a traditional sort of formulaic superhero movie, um, which Marvel is definitely doing. Uh, and that is you have to show that the hero cares about doing good. Yep. That's, that's a step that the DC movies have missed. You have to show that the hero cares about doing good. And they set up Tony as this asshole, as this, you know, carefree playboy who has wait, made... Wait, wait, wait. Are you saying that they gave him an arc? I'm saying that they gave him an arc. Oh. Okay. Yes. And not just the one in his chest, am I right? Batman has an arc. He, 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 you know, he... He is really upset that his parents are dead at the beginning of a movie, and he's really upset that his parents are dead at the end of the movie. That's an arc, right? <laughs> yeah, he had, yeah, you know that 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 famous Batman story where he has a moment of clarity and he realizes that he's going to put away the Batman toys and start using his wealth and influence to actually improve conditions for people in his city. Oh well, wait, well, that never happened. That's never oh, been yeah, a Batman yeah. story. Um, My favorite one is the one where Batman is always thinking that he's going to quit as soon as someone else shows up. <laughs> yes. Like, you don't really like being Batman, do you, guy? Yeah. Yeah. Or, or the one where he, you know, Robin almost gets killed and Batman realizes in horror that he's made a terrible mistake and he's endangered the life of this young person. And now he's going to stop being Batman and Robin's going to stop being Robin and he's just going to try to be a father to this young person. Or when Batman no, is bidding happen. on a date and he whips out his credit card. <laughs> And it's a Batman credit card from the Bank of Batman. From the bat, from first first National Bank of Batman. Anyway, yeah, so enough anyway, about so, DC. So yeah, so so Tony starts out as like a jerk who doesn't care about other people and doesn't care about the effect that his company is having on the world. And nope. and and by the end of the movie, he is he's not completely changed, but he's gained a sense of responsibility. And and really, to me, uh, the the best scene in the movie is one that we we mentioned but kind of glossed over in our summary, which is when Pepper is talking to him after she has found him in the Iron Man suit, and it's when she tries to quit. And Tony says, you know, you've been with me all these years when I've been profiting off of selling instruments of death to people. And now you're saying you're going to quit because I want to try to make that right. And, and you know, it, it kind of puts it into into uh, stark relief is what, you know, what he's doing and how he sees him being Iron Man. He realizes... And changed, yeah. Yeah, and, and he says there's this... One of the few like sort of heartfelt moments in the movie that isn't immediately undercut with a joke uh, or that isn't Downey playing sarcastic or playing guarded in some way is when he looks at Pepper and he says, I just know in my heart that it's right. Mm -hmm. And that move and that, that moment that makes that character because you see him unguarded without this, without the sarcasm, without the humor. And you see that he's doing this because it means something to him because he wants to help because he wants to put right an injustice that he has been a part of creating and mm -hmm. and that's something that the Marvel movies f from this movie forward have all pretty much gotten right. That it's not just a character with cool Even powers. Even when they're questioning it. Yes. 
Oh yes, yes. Even when they're when they real they, oh gee maybe us being heroes is actually making things worse. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> they they yeah absolutely. So um in in all of the the ways that that have allowed it to become such a successful franchise, Iron Man sets the tone for what comes after it, yeah. and it it stands completely fine on its own as just a really it's a kick ass action movie. It has it's really funny. Downey is tremendous. It's one of the great superhero performances ever. He's. I would rank him in. He's in the same level of the atmosphere as like Christopher Reeve as Superman in this mm-hmm. role. He's so good as Iron Man, and as I said, like sets the tone for the entire franchise. Can you imagine what the Marvel movies would have been like if someone other than Robert Downey Jr. had? You mean Iron like Man? Tom Cruise? I mean, it, I just, I can't because his personality sets the tone for the entire franchise. Can you imagine mm-hmm. if Tom Cruise had played Iron Man? I I can't I I just I can't think what these movies would be like. I don't think they would have been as successful, to be honest. No. No, I, I agree with you there. Yeah, because they wouldn't have had that personality. They wouldn't have had that unique feel, you know. Um, no. So yeah, I think this is a, is a fantastic movie. I still think the Dark Knight, the movie, the the other movie that came out this year, is a better film. And they um, should have stopped right fucking there. Yeah, exactly. the The Dark Knight is, I think, is a better film than Iron Man. But Iron Man, I think, has, like I said earlier, it, this movie has had the last laugh because it's it sparked uh, a franchise mm-hmm. that that took what it started and carried it forward and I think there's no question that Iron Man wound up being the more significant film uh, the more important film uh, of, of those two major superhero films that came out in 2008 so yeah big big thumbs up from for me for Iron Man I, I, it's yeah. one of it's a fantastic movie I do yeah I'll agree with you in, in regards to that this is a uh... I hadn't watched the film in actually quite some time. I hadn't watched because I watched it a lot when it when it first came out. So I hadn't watched it in maybe five years, five or six yeah. years. Um, and I was glad to see that it was still as good as I remember it being. What's really interesting is watching it now. After you know, we we mentioned this during our Star Wars review, watching the original Star Wars and watching it, trying to watch it from the perspective of not knowing what's going to come after, right? Right. Not knowing that there is going to be a sequel. Now you know, it just was going to be this one-off. It was just like the end. Oh, they didn't kill the Darth. But I mean, other than that, it's the end. This one, however, was audacious. (laughs) This was Marvel's big dangerous idea. This was the thing that I think every other movie studio, when they heard this, was they were going to try to do this, went, eh, yeah, whatever. Yeah, sure, that's going to work. Well, yeah, what are they going to do? Like build an entire cinematic universe and have all these movies come together in one thing and then make a gajillion dollars? (laughs) (laughs) Right. Well, actually... Fuck that. Because if you remember superhero movies up to this point, they're all neatly contained in their own little worlds. Even the ones where you could have had Superman and stuff, you didn't do it because uh, I'm making a realistic movie about a man that dresses up like a bat and punches a man dressed like a clown. (laughs) So watching it this time, just as a movie, and trying to separate it from its historical significance, it's still a good movie. Is it a great movie? No, I mean, yeah. it's not like it's not like one of the greatest movies ever made. It is a great summer popcorn movie that gives you just enough meat as far as character motivations and um, the basics of storytelling to make you want to watch it again and again and have it kind of resonate. Yeah. And the other, but I mean, watching it now, it's impossible to separate it from the MCU because it is part of it. And watching it now, you're like, Jesus, how many of the, how much, how much of the groundwork was set up in this? 
Because you you said it yourself. You said that these later films have a lot of things where every ten minutes they have to stop to set something up for another movie. I disagree. I think as watchers, we are now looking to see what they are attempting to set up in other movies because that's our now our expectation. Mm-hmm. Our expectation now is, oh well, what are they setting up with this one? Whereas with Iron Man, that wasn't our expectation at all. That was the big that was the big surprise at the end of the movie was, yeah. oh by the way, Avengers, and we're like, no fucking way. <laughs> Because you remember, the one-two punch was the other movie that came out in 2008 that was part of the MCU that wasn't nearly as popular and not nearly as well-received, was still part of the MCU. And I remember when I watched The Incredible Hulk, mm-hmm. and they brought you know Robert Downey Jr. as Tony Stark, and there was Stark Tech stuff in that movie, I was like, oh, fuck, they're serious. Yeah. They're actually going to do this. <laughs> yeah. And I remember becoming increasingly excited. Even if the movies were just kind of above mediocre, they were just good. They were good entertainment, like Thor. Thor yeah, was fun. Exactly. Um, but by the time Captain America showed up, you were like in. It was like, you're done. You're in. I mean, the amazing thing about the MCU is that it's managed to take what they, what a lot of people in the comics industry considered Marvel's B-list characters and turn them all into A-list characters almost overnight. Oh, yeah. Iron Man wasn't that well-known. Captain America was well-known as Captain America, but I don't know if too many people really knew who he was. They knew his guy that wore red, white, and blue and had a shield, and that was about it. So watching this movie now, I can appreciate it for its story beats, for a character that actually changes, and also... You know, Robert Downey Jr.'s performance is fantastic because after he has his change of heart, the changes are subtle, and but it doesn't change his core personality, right? Right. He's still the same guy, more or less, but there is now an undercurrent of seriousness underneath it, underneath all of that, which pops up now in his later when he pops up in the in the other films. That while he is kind of flippant and he's he's now become kind of haunted. Yeah. And everything that he tries to do, his statement about this is how I'm going to try to make, I'm going to try to fix things, I'm going to try to fix things, how that becomes a character motivation in later films and how they're using it and how they've built off of this Yeah, is amazing because at its heart, this is a pretty simple little movie. This is a little a guy builds a suit that he can beat people up in. Great! <laughs> And then they just kind of build off of it and expand the universe from that point. But as a movie itself, it's a fun, entertaining summer movie. And if you never watched another one, you could watch this, have a good time, and it'll wash right off of you. <laughs> and and there's nothing wrong with that kind of movie at all. I, I don't need to become introspective. They save that shit for later. Yeah. They save that after they've set up their, their universes and after they've set up their characters. Then they start asking the bigger questions like, are what are we doing really right? Is Tony, does Tony really have everyone's best interests at heart? He makes a lot of bad decisions trying to protect people. And all he's managed to do is expose us to aliens and create a, a kill bot that wants to kill everybody and everything. <laughs> So, um, do I like the movie? Yeah, I do. I like all the performances. I even like Gwyneth Paltrow, even though I don't like her personally as a person. Um, she's all right in this. Yeah, she's She's good. okay. Um, I love the fact that Jeff Bridges is in this movie because I love him in almost everything, even the crap. Um, and he is such a great villain. Yeah, he is. He really needs to play more villains. Yeah. Um, but there's enough in there. I You, you believe the bond that he has with Jensen. 
and he's he's in the movie for about thirty minutes. So you do get a sense of who Jensen is and how they're they're you know they're kind of linked together. So that when his he dies halfway through the film, it has impact. It means something. Yeah. It definitely means something to to the Tony character who has basically looked at everyone as collateral damage. Um, Stain says it when he's about to throw the car with children in it. He says they're collateral damage, Tony. <laughs> <laughs> And somewhere Zack Snyder saw that and said, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but also I liked some of the little subtle things like Stain taking Tony's heart yeah. in that scene, which is what he's literally doing when Tony realizes that this person that he considers a friend and kind of a father figure to replace his father that's actually dead is literally breaking his heart, right? Yeah. And then stealing it for him, from yeah. him. Um, I love the the hint that he's literally a dude that built a robot in his garage because that's where he that's where his shop is is in his garage. Yep. Um, so yeah, I really and also the over the overarching metaphor that someone who puts up um, armor around himself in his everyday life by throwing out jokes and never getting close to someone, his solution to fighting other things is to build a literal suit of armor around himself. <laughs> I like those little subtle writing, those those little tiny things in there that allow you to, to examine the movie a little bit more closely, even though it's just a goofy popcorn movie. There's still enough there that you can discuss it on an intellectual level without feeling stupid, because the people who made it weren't. Right. They were They were cautious, but at the same time being audacious, at the same time being very, very, you know, everybody's fingers had to have been crossed at that point, because they're like, if this doesn't work, what are we going to do for the next 20 years? I don't know. <laughs> so yeah, I like the movie. I did. Hey Steve. Uh-huh. So now's the time where we don't recommend something since we both like this movie. What are you going to not recommend? <sighs> oh boy, I've got a doozy for you this time, folks. Here it comes. I, I found the perfect movie to not recommend in lieu of Iron Man. It is another superhero film. It is another superhero film about a man who used to design weapons and then decides to use his talents and his skills to become a hero by building himself a super suit <laughs> and using it to fight evil. Um, not based on a Marvel Comics character. Uh, actually, Oh, based, God, I know which one you're doing now. Actually based very loosely oh, on a DC Comics me. character. A little film from 1997, which was also the year that gave us Batman and Robin. So not the best year for superhero films. Nope. Um, it's a little film starring Shaquille O'Neal, and it's called Steel. Oh, shit. And it's bad. Oh, yeah, it's um, bad. It's bad. It's based, of course, on the character Steel, John Henry Irons from the comics. And in the comics, he is a ally of Superman. But in their infinite wisdom, the producers of the Steel film decided to divorce the character from any relation to Superman at all. Uh, so now he's not a guy <laughs> who builds a super suit to help Superman uh, and becomes a hero through that. He's a guy who just builds a super suit for his own reasons, and he has no connection to Superman at all. And also the super suit that he builds in the movie doesn't look nearly as cool as the one that he has in the comics. And um, mm -hmm. it's just... And, and something else about this movie, it's... it. I, 
it's his super suit doesn't even look like it's made out of steel. No, it really doesn't. It looks really, really crappy. And um, hey, everybody, it's me, Steve. And yeah, and, and other and I look, you, I, I don't necessarily even fault people for wanting to put Shaq in movies because Shaq, in his own sort of drowsy way, is a charismatic, likable person. He was a huge star. He was a huge star at the time because in the middle of his NBA career, and mm-hmm. so I, I don't necessarily fault people for wanting to put Shaq in movies. He's a very impressive looking dude he's over seven feet tall he's like fucking he's a giant right and of course you would put Shaq in movies and the rest of the cast is pretty good Richard Roundtree is in it uh Judd Nelson is in it Annabeth Gish is in it. it's a good it's a good cast um and most tragically of all and this is something that a lot of people overlook because they just focus on Shaq and they focus on how cheesy it is and how bad it is this movie was written and directed by Kenneth Johnson. And if anybody knows who, if any, that name sounds familiar to people, Kenneth Johnson <sighs> was also the creator of the Incredible Hulk TV series. Mm-hmm. So he has the Incredible Hulk, and I think he also worked on the Bionic Woman, and he did the V miniseries. He's done. He did a lot of classic stuff in the seventies and eighties on TV. He did a lot of TV. He did a lot of TV in the seventies and eighties. The Incredible Hulk TV series starring Bill Bixby and Lou Ferrigno is one of my favorite things ever. I love that old Incredible Hulk series, and Kenneth Johnson was the, the sort of genius behind that. And then, 20 years later, he made Steel. So, Yay. congratulations, Kenneth. That is the movie that, if you if you liked Iron Man and you want to see something else, for whatever you do, please don't see Steel. There you go. By the way, uh, DC... I know that you want to deny that you have a race problem with your comic books line, but I would just like to remind you that when you created a black character to help out Superman, you literally stole the name from John Henry, the steel driving man. (laughs) Yep. And you're not even subtle about it. Like, he even carries a hammer. He carries a hammer. He has a hammer. Lord, what a swinger. I'm going to ignore the fact that the other predominant black character in your comics line, and in the movies now, is a black man with no penis. Because he's a robot. (laughs) He has a cyborg penis. I'm not saying you guys are scared of black people or something. I just don't think you work with any. As near as I can tell. (laughs) That's that's the easiest explanation, yeah. (laughs) All right, my turn. As you guys know, I like to take a movie from the same year as the movie that we just reviewed came out. And the year is 2008. And the movie that I'm going to tell you not to watch is The Dark Knight. No, just kidding. (laughs) Overrated. (laughs) No, not that. There was another superhero movie that came out. What superhero movie, Jason? Oh, well, this superhero movie is creatively called Superhero Movie. Ah, how clever. Now, we've survived the hilarious parody movies that came out at the time called Superhero Movie, Scary Movie, uh, uh, Date Movie, Date Movie, Remember the Spartans, I think is what it was called or something. Um, They're all garbage. Unfunny uh, referential garbage that basically watched a bunch of trailers, rushed their movies out into theaters, made them for like three and a half cents, (laughs) and boy, they're just absolute shit. This shit, superhero movie, was made by one of the Zuckers. I'm not sure which one. I don't care. But he made this to cash in on the superhero craze, which hadn't even hit yet. There were some superhero movies out there. So they're referencing, like, Spider-Man and the Fantastic Four. And I don't even know if Batman's in it. Probably. I don't know. I don't give a fuck. It's (laughs) garbage. 
Save yourself your time and never watch it, not even on a dare. It's not funny, and I'll guarantee you this, it's fucking dated. It is probably so dated... So don't don't bother. I mean, Leslie Nielsen got roped into it, but it was at the stage of his career where people would just be like, "Want to play Dracula? Sure, why not? <laughs> Fuck it. Where's my check?" <laughs> exactly. He became like Bella Lugosi and Ed Wood. No, uh, kind of. Except my money? without except without the addictions. Ah, yeah. So superhero movie, superhero movie. Don't, don't, don't. <laughs> I will second that one. And now it's time to tell you guys what to watch. May's coming up. You know what that means, Steve. It's our birthdays. It's our birthdays. And this time around, we're going to be doing two separate movies for our birthdays instead of one movie for our birthdays because we want to do our favorite films or films that we don't think are classics or films that we don't know if they're going to be able to do a review on because we don't think they're classics. I can guarantee you that this next movie is not a classic, but we're doing it because it's been referenced so many fucking times. I just want to get it over with. (laughs) Steve doesn't know what the movie is. (laughs) Or maybe he does. I can't wait to find out. I teased the Iron Giant, I think, a couple episodes back. We're not doing that. Because I changed my my mind. If the Iron Giant can be a major reference in that new Ready Player One movie, guess what? (laughs) (laughs) We can do the Iron Giant. That's right. It's a regular review. So instead, this is going, since it's the beginning of the month and... uh, Steve was born on Cinco de Mayo or something. I don't know. That's right. Were you really? Yes, I was. I remembered your birthday? I guess accidentally, but yes. Okay, cool. Well, since it's going to be Steve's birthday first, the movie that we're going to review... Holy shit, I can't believe I'm saying this shit. And Guys, you can find it for free on YouTube, so don't worry about having to spend money. (laughs) You won't have to pay. Be prepared to just flush time straight down the toilet. The movie that we're going to review for Steve's birthday. Oh, boy. Which he may regret once he hears my opinion on it. Oh, boy. Because I tried watching it and almost went insane. (laughs) (laughs) The movie that we're going to review is called He-Man and She-Ra, The Secret of the Sword. I know it by heart. You're not even going to have to watch it. I know you're gonna, but you're not even going to have to watch it. I will not, however, have to watch it for free on YouTube because I have it on DVD. Ow. Ow. (laughs) I've been doing this review podcast with you for almost four years now, dude. (sighs) I knew that already. Yeah, we've talked. I knew that already. He's got a big DVD, and it's got Hulk and that and Superman Returns. Something else is on it, too. What else is on it? There's... There's something awful on it. Yeah, I know. That I that I love that I'm ashamed of. I know. But since we wouldn't normally get a chance to review it, Steve, we're going to do this for you, Steve, right? Oh, I appreciate this. My movie's going to be Brazil. <laughs> anyway, so... Hey, wait a minute. You can't review a good one and I review a bad one. Hey, yeah. we're doing movies that we wouldn't normally be able to do. That's true. And we already did Popeye. <laughs> For those of you, I mean, it's up as a podcast, but we did our guiltiest pleasures, and I think yours was Small Rats yeah. and mine was Popeye, so That's we right. can't do those. So I'm doing this. Now we're talking about mine, and it's not even coming up. Go watch He-Man and She-Ra, The Secret of the Sword. Yeah. The secret is bad animation. Oh, boy. It's filmation. <laughs> That's all you really need to hear. Hope you like watching the same rotoscope shot again and again and again and again. Mm-hmm. That's it. Thank you guys for uh, tuning in once again. For late seating, this has been Jason Harding, and go see a movie this week. And this has been Steve Shives. 
They say the best weapon is the one you never have to fire. I respectfully disagree. I prefer the weapon you only have to fire once. That's how Dad did it. That's how America does it. And it's worked out pretty well so far. What? That's just Fire my... once? You mean a nuke? Yeah, sort of, yeah. Are you advocating nuclear weapons? Well, I kind of I, I, I sell them to people, so I'm, I mean... Well, but, 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 wait a minute. You sell nuclear the weapons we- sure, to me? Uh, fuck, yeah, sure, yeah. Yeah, sure. You don't even know, do you? They're just little ones, I guess. Is that what that thing over there with arms and legs is? Yeah, it's... Yeah, sure, yeah. I think we called it Jericho from some Bible story. <laughs> That's not a nuclear weapon. I thought that was a conventional weapon. Oh, maybe it is. Yeah, I don't know. It breaks into little pieces, and then it... it I mean, it just blows everything up. Everything? Yeah, it, it, it goes into the sky, and then a little bunch of pieces break off of it, and then they turn into little rockets, and then they go down into the ground, and whatever they hit just blows up, so it just kills everything. Children? Sure, if it hits children, yeah. Women? If it hits women, yeah. Hospitals? Sure. I mean, look, if you don't want it to blow up hospitals, don't shoot it at a hospital. That's that's all I'm saying. You know? How? The thing breaks up into a, like a rainstorm of, of bombs. Well, you, you aim it away from the general direction. I mean, I'm not saying that a few of them might not accidentally go astray and hit a hospital You've every once in a while. you literally created a weapon that does nothing but collateral damage. You realize that, right? Yeah, but you know what my character arc is going to turn out to be. It'll be fine. No, I don't. Wait, is that in the pamphlet? Wait yeah, a minute. No, I'm okay. going to come missile, to regret missile, this. Missile, missile. Oh, there's the nukes. Missile. Mi- oh, there's the nukes. This one is just a picture of a naked woman, Mr. Stark. Why is this in the pamphlet? I just think she's cute. Okay, missile with arms and legs. Yeah, I there you still, go. I don't get that. Missile, missile, missile. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, we'll take a hundred million of them. <laughs> Sold. America. America. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody. I feel down now. Make love, not war. What? No, make love, not war. Are you coming on to me? No, I'm not saying that that's what we should do right now. I'm saying just in general, you know, make love, not war. That's what I'm saying. It's a, it's a weird thing for a friend to say to a friend. Well, I didn't mean it in that kind of a way. I think you did. I didn't, man. Late Seating is a Let Me Listen podcast production featuring Steve Shives and Jason Harding. Produced by Jason Harding. Theme music, Rollin' at Five, composed and performed by Kevin McLeod. You can find more Let Me Listen podcast productions at our website at www.letmelistenpodcast.com. You can also find us on Stitcher, iTunes, or just about anywhere you download podcasts. Late Seating is a listener-supported podcast. If you would like to support Late Seating or any of the other Lemmy Listen productions for as little as $1 a month, please visit our Patreon page at www.patreon.com slash Listen. And thanks for listening.